Hey there, and welcome back to the McNaughton McKay podcast. Today is episode 19, and I'm joined by Rob Prout. He is the Southeastern Director of Sales and Business Development for Millennium Control Systems. Rob, how's it going? Doing great, Austin. How about you? I'm doing great. And today, what we're going to be discussing is how to properly develop a risk mitigation strategy. So, I guess to start off, Rob, could you give us a quick overview of Millennium Controls, what they do for, for somebody who maybe is less familiar? Sure. Millennium Control Systems is a, is a full-scale integration company. We started in 1997 with three engineers. And while our beginnings were mostly control modernizations and integrations over the past 20 years, we have become one of the leading integrators in the United States. Uh, we're one of 50 Rockwell Automation uh, Solution Partners. And we've also expanded our offerings from just doing modernizations and integrations to complete automated systems, robotic solutions, quality inspection systems, art flash, as we're talking about today, risk mitigation, you name it. If it's got controls on it, it's in a manufacturing facility, we can probably do it. Awesome. Well, I get a lot of questions specifically around safety products. You know, what, what switch or what light curtain can I put in to make this machine safe? And typically, it's not that cut and dry. So could you explain to us why a risk assessment is so important? Yeah, sure. Uh, and it's definitely not cut and dry, Austin. There are many options when it comes to safety solutions. And there's nothing worse than seeing a manufacturer who spent a lot of time and money to make their process safe. And yet, it still doesn't meet the safety standards. And that's why a risk assessment is so important. It only it not only identifies the hazards, but it provides a, a path, a mitigation path to eliminate the identified hazards. So it's something that's really important to do, helps you understand what hazards you have and, and how to eliminate these. I'm assuming not just anybody can perform the risk assessment. Is that correct? Given the right training, the right study, you know, a person could. But typically, if you're going to go through the efforts of doing a risk assessment, you're going to you're going to want somebody who's certified in the process of conducting proper risk assessments and, and how to mitigate those risks once they are identified. So having somebody who's not properly certified uh, or trained to do the risk assessment, it leaves the manufacturer open to added cost as well as liability. And the only thing worse than an unsafe environment is an unsafe environment that's perceived by the operators and employees to be safe. Yeah, that false confidence can probably lead to some uh, some bad situations. So. We need somebody who has at least been certified or, for lack of a better term, knows what they're doing. I'm guessing the team at Millennium Controls falls into this category of certified and understands how to properly assess these risks. Absolutely. Yeah. We have trained engineers. They've gone through the TUV Ryland uh, training program and have been certified. What this means is they've been trained on the ANSI as well as ISO and EN safety standards. And during that training, they're taught the best practices for identifying and properly documenting safety hazards. Also, with this training, they learn the, the proper equipment and methods to mitigate identified hazards in a way that fulfills the safety standards fully and protect the customer in the best way possible and in a way that can be verified. Well, obviously, it sounds like these risk assessments due to the certification and all, and they must be pretty involved. So would you mind if we kind of walk through what a typical assessment looks like? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I'd say, it, Austin, it starts out uh, at one point with a collaborative effort. And, and this is where we meet and interface with all parties from housekeeping to engineering 
It, it helps us to best understand the day-to-day -day operations and how the equipment's used. And any automation that is active and has potential for interaction with personnel, it needs to be assessed. It needs to be to be listed as a possible risk and what the mitigation was or could be to make sure that the operators and maintenance working with that equipment are in safe, a safe condition. So I'm guessing an important part of this is going to be understanding how the machines are utilized, how they've been programmed, what the logic is, all that. So is that something before you guys go in, do you request any sort of documentation or any layout? We would always ask for documentation of the equipment uh, that we're going to be assessing. It allows us to kind of do a pre-look uh, before we get there. So we're ready to go when we get on site. And that would include schematics, drawings, control panels, uh, layouts, the, the control programs themselves, uh, past reportable or recordable incidents. This is also we can have the best understanding of the equipment, the engineering, the functionality and the safety history when we get on site. So now you're on site. You've got all this documentation from the customer ahead of time. I guess maybe you use this documentation to help lay out that plan of attack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, um, it, it helps us to get formulate kind of a, a vision of where we're going. And then once we arrive on site, we'll meet with the leads for their engineering and operations. And, and what we like to do is walk through the process, right, of the risk assessment. So we're explaining to them, this is what we're about to do. This is the format we're going to use. This is the way that we're going to do it. And this ensures that they're comfortable with what we plan to do while we're in their facility. And then we're following the rules of their facility as well. They're the things that they do have in place, right? So in the high level walkthrough, it allows us to, to look over the equipment. So as we're walking through the facility uh, with the engineering and operations, we're, we're kind of looking at it from a mechanical aspect, but we're also asking questions of the operators and maintenance and getting feedback about that equipment. You know, what are the things that the operators might feel even uncomfortable areas where when they get there, they're like, uh, I need to be a little bit cautious in this area. Show me that area, right? Or the maintenance where they're saying, you know, this is this is an area where we're continually having what we consider to be issues. And this is a part of the assessment. It's designed to help us know as much as possible about the process and how the operators and maintenance interact with the equipment. It's also during this phase that we determine how to attack the assessment itself. Right now we're getting we're looking at the lay of the land. Right. But we need to know where to start and then how we want to flow through the equipment as we're assessing the equipment and the risks that happen. Well, it's interesting to me, not only have you mentioned the equipment, but you've mentioned personnel just as much. So after we, we walk through and get an understanding of the, the machines and the people and how everything interfaces, do this high-level walkthrough, and then I'm guessing you really dive down into the weeds. Yeah, yeah, that's where we get into the nuts and bolts, Austin. So, it, you know, it's, it's something that's interesting about an assessment is that when you do an assessment, sometimes the equipment will already have a lot of guarding on it. There, there might already be safeties in place. So one thing that we do is in our, our mentally as we're walking through, we strip all that out. So we imagine the equipment as if there's no safeguards in place. And we do this uh, even if it has safety hazards that's already been mitigated. Those are still safety hazards. So we want to identify those in our reports as we go. And if we're just looking at the piece of equipment, where would the safety hazards exist? And then step by step, we work through the equipment, identifying and documenting all the safety hazards. We like to take pictures if we can. This helps us in our report to best illustrate all those hazards. 
And then once we've gone over all aspects of the equipment and documented all the hazards, there's a wrap-up meeting where we go over our findings. So now we bring back in the head of engineering or operations or head of maintenance, the people who have state claim in this, this risk assessment. We bring them back in and we go back through everything that we found and we kind of get their feedback on that so that we understand not only how they see the safety hazards, but also how they see what we perceive to be and have verified to be safety hazards. Okay, so you've done all this walkthrough, you've really got down to the nuts and bolts and identifying all the hazards on each machine, and I'm sure prioritizing uh, everything from, from minimum to high risk, all that jazz. What is this deliverable that you actually give to the customer there when you're done? The true deliverable, Austin, is a report. It's the risk assessment itself. And that risk assessment gives a good understanding of the safety situation of the equipment used in that assessed facility, right? A documented one and, and something that the manufacturing facility can use uh, as an assessment for where they stand. So once the report is complete, we go back to the customer and we go through that entire report. We present it to them. We walk them through each of the safety hazards talking about which ones are high risk, which ones are medium risk, which ones are low risk. We talk about some of the mitigations that come with these, right? What we can put in place. And then we show them that maybe you're a high risk today, but if you'll do these things, we can get you down to a negligible or low risk. Due diligence is the word that I usually use when we, we talk about these risk mitigation strategies, because a lot of it does come down to not only the safety of the personnel, but the liability that is attributed to that and really showing that you've made some level of effort. So say we've gone through here, we have our list, we've done our risk assessment, we've taken the first step of trying to assess that liability and that risk, but maybe we don't have the resources right now to mitigate this entire list that you guys were able to populate. You know, Where do we start? That's a good question, B. One of the things that we do, and this is this is done for the customer, is we give them a prioritization list, right? So we show them the areas in the report that these are very high level priorities. You've got a you know a, a risk of life or limb in these. You want to get them done, but with that, we also kind of we give them a, a costing for each of these. They can use that as a roadmap for how they want to fulfill those those issues and mitigate those safety risk in a phased approach. Perfect. Well, it sounds like if you're not aware of a current risk assessment that you have, or you know, obviously you have machines in your facility, uh, if you're not certain if they're safe or not, it's something that you really need to look at, not only from a liability and insurance perspective, but also keeping those personnel safe. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to your McNaughton McKay account manager, or you can email us directly at podcast at mc-mc.com. Rob, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Austin. You have a great day, buddy.